Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program that you admit to listening to every once in a while. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Howdy, team. I like that we you got the blue memo today. Yeah, that we're was both, the whole thing. We're both repping. I know blue. we were. Um, Mine's yeah. a lot more blue, but it's cold in here, so you have to wear a jacket. Mm. Today is Tuesday, September twentieth, twenty twenty-two. Sixty-four days till Thanksgiving. Happy forty-second birthday to Young Jock. Uh, it's episode. Let's go. It's, the, it's going down. Episode one thousand four hundred and sixty. I love on that t- song. On today's show, folks, we're gonna count down the five biggest college football moments of the weekend. Uh, kind of recap our college football weekend. Then we're gonna be joined by the Hall of Famer Craig Way. Uh, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. We'll talk high school football across the state of Texas. And back out of the show, we'll roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week with a few other little things scattered hither and yon throughout the course of the program. So stay tuned for that. Do we have first four through the door? Uh, we sure do. It was David Smith, Nick Morton, Rob Hadaway, and Ed McElroy. Welcome in, fellas. Hello, friends. Also, did you see real fast, uh, Sam Khan, our buddy at The Athletic, tweeted out that uh, Texas and Texas Tech is announced as sold out oh. in Lubbock this Saturday. That's that's pretty cool. That makes sense. That makes <laughs> sense. There's McGuire mania yeah, running happening. wild out there. All right, Pickle. It's time to talk a little college football from the past weekend. Um, there were, of course, uh, a whole slate of college football games uh, across the state of week three of college football across the state of Texas. And so what we want to do, the way we want to recap, of course, if you want complete recap, I have to recommend Republic of Football. They put out a podcast every two, every Wednesday live and then Sunday recorded. Do we have to um, recommend it? But you should subscribe to it and then tell them how much they stink. There we go. Um, like tweet at Craven Mike and be like, podcast is, is stinky yes um please do that and, and to quit moving the stuff for, for tft anyway all that's to say if you want a full you know rooter to tutor uh recap of the college football weekend the republic of football boys and girls have you covered but 
What we're going to do is we're going to take a look at what I think were the five biggest moments of the college football weekend. Okay, the five biggest moments of the college football weekend. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Let's start with number five. 27 to 21. What is that, Ari? Third down and goal at the two. In the backfield, it is Broussard. Philippian, there's the tight end block into the handoff. Broussard shedding a tackler to the right, and it gets in right side. Touchdown, Rice Owls. Touchdown, Ari Broussard. Two yards out. Touchdowns go up 12. What a job by Broussard. He shed both Moncrief and Amos as the uh, fireworks go off in the top of the uh, Patterson Center right now. It's not over, but the Owls uh, go up by 12. Yeah, Ari did a lot of that on his own. That was a great run that time. And look, the offensive line, all they got to do is just give him a little bit of a crease, and he'll do the rest of it on his own. Congratulations, Ari. Finally got that touchdown tonight, and I think that's his first one. J.P. Heath and Nate Griffin on the call for Very the cool. Owls Radio Network. I couldn't find video of it, and that's fine. They had the, they had the whole booth cam up on. Uh, I love the booth so, cam. I think booth cam is fun. So, um, and that is Rice's, uh, what ended up being game-sealing touchdown mm-hmm. uh, for Ari Broussard against Louisiana. That is a pretty monumental win for Rice. I would say it's their biggest win I mean, no. Uh, well, the the Marshall win. The Marshall was huge win. It's certainly the since then, but like the Marshall win didn't get them anywhere. No, it was so it late in the season that like it didn't get them anywhere. It was more just shocking from a Marshall perspective yes. than like impressive by Rice. But this is also for me. This is important. Um, an important win because you're getting a little bit of that. I hate the word momentum, but you're getting that momentum early. Do you know right. what I mean? Especially before you are about to go play in your hometown still, mm-hmm. in Houston, against the Cougars squad, who's not looking good. A reeling Houston team. We'll get to them in a bit. But this was impressive, and that particular play is important. because So, uh, Rice takes over with about, I want to say, about about eight minutes left in the game. About eight minutes left in the game. They get the ball. And Louisiana has just scored to close the gap to 27-21. Okay? And as somebody who's watched a lot of Rice football, let me tell you, that tends to be bad news for Rice. Mm-hmm. At that moment, that's when things tend to go a little bit sideways for them. Um, and so, there's every reason to believe that they're that things are not going to go well for them at that point. But instead, Rice marches on an 11 play 70 yard drive that eats up uh let's see yeah it's 11 plays 70 yards that eats up 614 That's and awesome. ends in that touchdown Outstanding. and that is your dagger mm-hmm. like because you go up by 13 points at that point ends up being the 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 you know the the difference you know the the final score basically and, and you're or by, tw- by 12 rather it's 33 21 and that's the ball game yeah you're in con- they were in control of the game yes. at that point which is not something that they had correct experience at often. that point it, there was two fit less than three minutes to go you're up by two scores you need you one sealed stop. it mm-hmm. that was a game sealing drive from rice and it was impressive to see and hopefully uh, that continues to be the uh, the, the norm for the owls big one for them Number four. The Houston wide receiver being taken out of the game by his teammates. Uh, that's going <laughs> to, if that end up costing Houston, Dana Holgerson is going to be one livid man. Because those are the things that have plagued this team, the dumb penalties. Oh, look at this. Brown just got shoved to the ground by one of his teammates. Number three, offense. 
unsportsmanlike conduct. Number 13, defense. Excuse me, number three on the defense, number 13 on the offense. There is no penalty yard, the penalty yard is canceled. That is both players' first unsportsmanlike conduct foul of the game. It's second down. Mello Dotson and Sam Brown and one of Brown's teammates came over to the side. It looked like it may have been Joseph Manjack, the fourth, to push his teammate down. Yeah, its teammates were not happy that he would even put himself in that situation. Lucky that it got negated and it was offset. Tempers flare on the Houston sideline during their loss to Kansas. And this is early in the game. I mean, it's only 28-14 at that point. Like it's, and, and by the way, look where they are. They're, on the, they're, like in, the, they're in the red zone. They're about to score. But that was indicative of what felt like a really bad week for Houston. Really bad week. And Joseph Manjack goes over there and shoves Sam Brown. Um, they were on the ground. They had to be separated. Um, and I'll be honest, my initial reaction, my initial reaction, that's what teams without leadership do. Mm-hmm. We can talk about whether that comes from within the program, within the team, or whether it comes from the coaching staff, but that's what happens whenever you don't have leadership. Um, that is, I mean, it's embarrassing for Houston. And I mean, look, put aside the fact they lost to Houston, or I'm sorry, to Kansas, I think Kansas has improved. Like, losing to Kansas is no longer like the joke that it used to be. They're 3-0, and mm-hmm. right? It's no longer the joke that it used to be. Like, don't get any ideas, Texas. But it's no longer the joke yeah. that it used to be. That said, the way that it happened mm-hmm. and how Houston appeared to more or less, especially like, like in key moments, come apart at the seams, that to me is a bigger problem for them going forward. Mm-hmm. That they can fix some schematic things. They can get better on the defensive line. They can, uh, the, the secondary can step up, right? Things like that. Like, you know, they can run the ball a little better. That, if that is going to be the norm within the Houston program, forget everything else. They're already out of the college football playoff conversation. You can remove them from any sort of contention conversation. Well, and the frustrating part about that That's is... That's rat poison. They were doing, they were doing fine mm-hmm. until, I mean, the weather was really bad. You know, you kind of go up 14. They were up at one point, and then mm-hmm. they tie at 14-14, and then they have a really long lightning delay, and then after that, it's like it's when everything fell apart, and... That, in a time where you're in the locker room waiting for a weather delay, should be when you're game planning and you're figuring it out, not yeah. falling apart and pushing your other teammate down. Yeah. It's super disappointing, I thought, from Houston. And and that, I think, is indicative of some bigger issues going on there at Houston. Number three. Not a smart play there by Mordecai. Still. Tanner Mordecai throws a pick there uh, and allows Maryland to complete their comeback. Um, you know, SMU was in control of this game at a multiple points. At halftime, I mean, they score on the final play of the half, right? Score on the final play of the half and and go up twenty-seven to seventeen, right? Go up twenty-seven, or I'm sorry, 20, it's tw- they go up twenty-seven twenty, I should say, in the third quarter. And then things, and, and then they get like a fumble, right? They screw up 27-20, and then first play after they kick a field or they score a touchdown, they get a fumble, right? And they get the ball 
uh, they get the ball right at the like at the at the forty six, right? The forty six, their own forty six. Like, okay, this is the chance where you can go and you can really drive the dagger. Instead, Houston or SMU's next possessions, ready? Missed field goal, interception, downs, downs, ball game. They had an opportunity to put that game away. Taron Mordecai got loose with the football. They 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 made mistakes down the stretch, and they coughed it up. Mm-hmm. This is a winnable game for them. I know it's on the road at a Big Ten opponent, but this is a winnable game for SMU. And they let it slip because they got sloppy down the stretch. Mm-hmm. They had an opportunity and they let it slip. That 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 after after I mean it should have been over at that point. You get the ball up seven in good field position. You can drive the dagger there. And instead, they don't score again and they turn the ball over and allow Maryland to come back. I thought that was pretty disappointing for SMU. Number two. No wins against the AP top 25. High throw and picked off. Jade Barrett taking it all the way back. The one that got away. Big time game. Big time player trying to show what he can do. Jade Barron's pick six really sparks Texas's win over UTSA. You know, UTSA was the aggressor in this game, especially in the first half. Oh, yeah. They they showed up, and Jeff Trailer was like, we're not scared of you. No, they were not scared. That opening drive, let me make sure I get this right. That opening drive was something along the lines of, I mean, it was, it was like a 17-play drive mm-hmm. or something that ate up essentially like the entire first quarter. Did you see the, the insane touchdown that put them up 17 to, mm-hmm. I think, 7 that mm-hmm. it was? It hit off the defender's hands mm-hmm. and fell in. It was awesome. But in the second half, Texas took control. And a lot of it was they kept feeding Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Keep doing that. Should probably keep doing that. <laughs> and their defense capitalized on mistakes. And that was, you know, against Alabama, Alabama... Alabama made some mistakes, and you can make the argument that Texas didn't capitalize enough off of them and allowed them to hang around, right? This was an opportunity where they capitalized on mistakes by UTSA and ended up pulling away for a victory. Um, They won by 21. That was probably not a 21-point game, but they won by 21. But in the end, that's what, if you're a better team, you're supposed to do, especially at home. And that's what Texas did. Yeah, UTSA did exactly what Mm -hmm. everyone wanted them to do. They made it a very, very Mm -hmm. fun first half to watch. 100%. But then Texas took command in the second half, in large part, and that was really the the, the backbreaker, Jade Barron's pick six, Mm because Texas had just taken their first lead of the game. But that leaves number one. Smith goes in motion. Johnson looks for A-Chain out of the backfield, breaks a tackle. Devon A-Chain, still running, he'll score! Devon A-Chain's 25-yard touchdown catch and run um, to... Well, it ended up being the last points that AM scored, mm-hmm. um, but they uh, they pull out or you know pull out a 17-9 win over AM or over beast. Miami. And... And here's the thing about that. Here's the thing that I think, and the reason I chose this play. The reason I chose this play is that it's become pretty clear now that this is the way that Texas A&M is going to have to win. They're going to have to find a way to get the ball to Devon A. Chain and then Aeneas Smith, really, in space 
and let them make plays because there's not any downfield passing attack. No. Um, we can talk about why that is, but there's no downfield passing attack. Yeah, the offense, other than those two, does not look good. It, no, it doesn't. But there, and it's a, it's a it's a narrow path to walk. Right? There's not a lot of options if things go sideways. But you can win this way because your defense is certainly good enough to hold you in any game. Then it's going to be up to those two guys making plays. And I know they were without Evan Stewart. I don't know if they're going to push the ball down the field because you do have other receivers, but there was no, I, like, they didn't have a completion past 10 yards in this game. Um, this was a, this was a you know, at least throwing the ball down the field 10 yards, I should mean, 10 air yards, I should say. But that was, that's what's going to be. Because if you take a look at this, at, at the way that they, they scored, short fields, penalties really hurt Miami, and they took advantage. For A&M, they're gonna, like, what we, I think I have a pretty decent feel on what A&M's offense is at this point, mm-hmm. which is pretty limited. Very one-dimensional. But they've got a couple of playmakers that are able to break big plays, and they have to capitalize. Against Miami, they capitalized. Mm-hmm. The defense held them in it. The defense was really strong for the most part. Miami made some mistakes, but at the end, in the end, they, they did force a number of those mistakes. If you're A&M, there's a narrow path to walk mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. You just can't get in any shootouts. But it They're is not going to win a shootout. I mean, I hate to say it, but you got to keep everyone under th- under 30. 30, yeah, because if you you're get not gonna, like, past this, that, this you're not. This A&M offense does not appear to be capable of scoring more than about 28. No, because you're not going to be able... Also, too, time, time starts being an issue at mm-hmm. that point because you don't have the explosive power unless mm-hmm. a chain busts one real quick. Like, there's just... You yeah. don't have the deep threat. Anyway, there it is. Number one play of the week. Devon A. Chains, touchdown to put AM up 17-3 in route to their victory over Miami. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pick a let me tell you about our friends at First National Bank of Omaha. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support the communities they serve every day by spotlighting impressive young people and their schools through the Impactful Leader Program. This week, we're proud to recognize Austin Gaudreau. Gaudreau, right? Yes. Gaudreau? Goudreau. Austin Goudreau at Frisco Memorial High School. Uh, congratulations to uh, Austin Goudreau, the Impactful Leadership Award recipient presented by First National Bank of Omaha. Read more about what makes Austin a great leader at TexasFootball.com. First National Bank of Omaha, the great big small bank. Now, a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. 
every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage and every parent wants their child to be the best, but is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Campbell today. Download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletestoathletes.com, athletestoathletes.com slash Campbell or scan that QR code. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's welcome in the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer himself. You can hear him on the horn in Austin every Friday night. Uh, well, you can. Uh, you can hear him on the on the horn in Austin every weekday. Uh, and you can see him on Valley Sports Southwest every Friday night uh, on High School Scoreboard Live. Uh, He's just all over the place. It's the birthday boy. We're joined by the great Craig White. Craig, how are you, my friend? Usually my radio program is all over the place. So, I mean, that's, that's why it's, it's, it's a mess. So, so it's good to hear that I'm not the only one. How are you guys? We're great. We're great. We're, we're geared up, ready for another week of Texas high school football. Um, I am, I'm interested in, cause last week, uh, I felt like there were a number of teams that we had questions about, about whether or not, you know, how for real are they, right? I think there were a number of teams that going into uh, going into week four, we had questions ab- about what exactly they were. Um, were there any teams that stand out to you uh, that last week kind of vaulted from that, oh, I like what you've done so far, but I'd like to see a little bit more category into the okay i have a good feeling about who you are and you're pretty darn good is there is there one or two teams that 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 struck you about that that made that leap last week bernie yeah mm-hmm. uh I, I think the fact that they've taken their show on the road and been impressive uh and that's why by the way and 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 it probably is not in one of your three uh you know uh mm-hmm. triangle of terror to kind of uh from Jeff Trailer's Triangle of Toughness thing at UTSA, but Triangle of Terror choices of the three games. It's probably not one of the three games that you're down for me, but Bernie Salado, I think, is one of the more enticing matchups this week. And, and by the way, the other Bernie school is in a pretty good matchup. That Bernie champion against Hayes. Hayes is another one of those teams uh, now that they've dropped down. You know, you and I talked about teams that have kind of seamlessly adapted so far to a higher classification like Dripping Springs, like, uh, you know, Argyle, like Highland Park, those schools. And then I went inverse off of that uh, after we were done and said, you know, one of those could be Hayes that's benefiting by the drop to 5A and and what they're doing. But they get a good test on the road to Bernie Champion this week. So, but but to, to your original question, I think Bernie is Bernie High. I think it's one of those ones that kind of strikes me as like, hmm, I've seen a little more. I like a little more. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good call. The, the Greyhounds have been very impressive. And I think you're right. The game this week against Salado, I think, is going to be very telling uh, for both of those squads. Okay, you asked me on your radio program about an hour ago about Westlake and Lake Travis. And and just mm-hmm. my feelings on the game and stuff like that. And I know that you are you you talk with Hank Carter and and Tony Salazar uh, regularly. My contention is that this year's Battle of the Lakes is somehow 
for as much as the, these for two high profile uh, programs, it feels like it's flying under the radar as much as this game possibly can. Does it feel less buzzy around the Battle of the Lakes, or is it just me up here in DFW? No, it, even in the greater Austin area, it's a little bit buzzy, uh, but not as much as normal. But but still, what you'll hear is like on the local newscast and being say, "Hey, it's West, it's Westlake Lake Travis week," you know. That's a big game. Now, blah, 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 blah. And then, and, then, and then they go on because you don't have two top five ranked teams unbeaten. You have a number one team and a three-time defending state champion who's looked the part. And then you have another team who has had some struggles early and a slew of injuries. And I think that has muted it a little. And then the other point I brought up to you, I, I, here's another thing that I think has muted it a little. It's in week five. Yeah. It's yeah. not the last week of the regular season. So there isn't that extra bit of anticlimactic air to it. Does it mean a lot to the kids? Yes. I had Hank Carter on my show this morning uh, before you were on, and, and he said, yeah, it means a lot to the community. These guys are friends. There are several friends uh, that, that intermingle, Lake Travis and Westlake, in the offseason. But so it means – you know, the old SEC thing about it just means more. Well, it, it, it means more to them in this game in addition to what happened. Now, I will submit to you, like you were reminded me, that now uh, uh, Westlake with a large enrollment than Bowie, mm-hmm. it, it's very likely the winner of this game, and we'll wait and see what happens on down the road, but the winner of this game is going to have the inside track to being the top seed in the Division One bracket because – if things hold like they are, and the other two playoff teams are Drip and Bowie, who, by the way, play this week, if, if those two wind up being the other two, those two go Division Two anyway. So maybe their game this week also is to see who gets the upper hand in the D2 bracket if things continue to play out the way they have to this point. Talking to Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig, I, I, there's... Down there, especially down there in the Austin area where I know you ply your trade, um, there are teams that I think we expected to be pretty good. Westlake, pretty good. You know, Liberty Hill off to a nice start this year. Uh, you know, but I want to give you a couple of teams that that, and I want to see which of these teams down there in the Austin area has surprised you the most with their start through four games. Would it be Dripping Springs making the move up to six A? Would it be Wimberley off to a four and zero start? Or would I? Or may I submit to you, Round Rock at four and zero unbeaten. Which of those teams surprise has surprised you the most? Of those three, I would probably say Drip, if only because of their season opening win over Vandegrift. Mm-hmm. Vandegrift, we knew was going to be a very good team. They've looked the part. And Round Rock, we knew was going to be a good team. They look the part, and perhaps then some. And I think we thought Wimberley would be pretty solid, mm-hmm. and they and they've looked the part as well. So, and and, and by the way, Tap, when I do uh, my uh, top five performances of the weekend, like I did, I gave the number one performance to Wimberley, not for their three point win over Fredericksburg, but because they had to come back and play on Saturday morning because the officials didn't show up on Friday night. So, you know, that 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 was, uh, you know, a feather in the cap for for, for the Texans there to do that. But uh, Drippin has done an excellent job of kind of, as we said, making it almost look seamless mm-hmm. to this point. Now, you pointed out 
with a great point, and it we'll see it in the next uh, in the ensuing weeks. You know what's going to happen with teams that move up and how they've done. You made the point in talking about Maynard. Mm-hmm. Maynard might have surprised me just a little bit in that how uh, almost dominant they've been in their games to be sliding up the 6A. But you made the great point. We're going to find out about them in the next two weeks after this open date week when they play Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt, Vandegrift, and Round Rock back-to-back. So we'll find out. And I think we'll obviously find out more about Drippin in the games coming. It it would have been a little bit easier to kind of fly Dripping Springs under the radar, if only because they were in the same district with Lake Travis and Westlake. But since Lake Travis has had its massive injury bug, especially mm-hmm. quarterback, and Hank Carter did say this morning, Bo Edmondson is better. He is practicing, mm-hmm. but he said, but he also added the words, I don't know if he'll play this week. And, and uh, so they're going to continue to watch him and see. But Caden Leone has gotten better. For them, and uh, Chaston Ditta is a youngster that they brought in and played virtually the entire second half against Aikens. So th- they're feeling better about themselves. But this is where the rubber meets the road. It's going to be a huge test, obviously, for them against Westlake. But I, I do think that Dripping has all the tools, all the capability of being a playoff team. And obviously, they would go in the Division Two bracket. And and because of the, the way the enrollment flipped for Bowie and Westlake, then you'd say Bowie going in the Division One bracket. And you brought up the point. If if Katie winds up going Division One, yeah. my goodness, what are we gonna well, what are we gonna have in front of us in uh, the bottom half of that bracket or the right side of the bracket there for regions three and four when the Division Two playoffs begin in six A. Yeah, it clears out considerably if uh, if if things don't uh, if if Katie goes to Division One, that would certainly be a, a, a game changer. All right, Craig, it's time for the meanest thing we do to each other each week, which I'm going to give you three games, and I'm intentionally leaving out Westlake and Lake Travis. I'm intentionally leaving that out to keep you out of to keep you out of Austin jail. Okay. So that's that. Okay. That's, no, yeah, I started to say, don't know that I would have picked it. I was going to go. Well, I'm, okay, yeah. I'm trying to trying to trying to save you. Trying to save you. Your tires getting slashed here, Craig. All right, here we go. Okay. Okay. One of these three games, you can go. You can go seven o'clock Friday night at Wilkerson Sanders Stadium in Rockwall as Rockwall takes on Rockwall Heath. Don't know if you remember last year. You can go seven o'clock <clears> Friday at Demon Stadium in Dumas as Dumas welcomes in Bushland, or you can go 7 o'clock Thursday night in Far as Edinburgh Vela takes on PSJA North. Which of those are you going to? Give me that panhandle. Let's bring Pickle along. Roll her up to the big Texan and see if she can throw down that 72-ounce <laughs> steak in an hour. We'll do that. And then we'll roll it on in to see uh, to see that matchup between Bushland and Dumas. I'm really intrigued by that one, uh, and and I th- I think that could be an awful lot of fun there. So Rockwall against Heathwells, well, I, I don't think it'll be as to borrow your phrase as crazy town banana pants yeah. offensively as it was a season ago. Yeah. But but it it'll be good, and and I like the one in the valley as well. Really like Bella, and I know you you do as well. But I of those three. I would take the one in the pan hand. Yeah, I just don't think I could do the steak because I would not pass up the opportunity to get down to the RGB. I oh, have a so hard time turning thing. that down. So that's the thing. <laughs> that's what's keeping you from Good that point. steak. <laughs> that's sake. 
He's cr- spoken like a spoken like a girl who uh, has had her share of uh, barbecue from Cooper's there in Atlanta. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. He's Craig White. He's a Texas Football Hall of Famer. Hear him on the Horn in Austin every weekday, and of course you can uh, see him on Bal- High School Scoreboard Live on Valley Sports Southwest alongside Aaron Hardigan and myself. And then you can listen to him call Texas Tech and Texas uh, on Saturday on your radio. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday. Hey, we'll look forward to it. Have a great weekend, everybody. There he goes. Bye, Craig. Craig. Texas Football Hall of Famer joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Appreciate his time, as always. He got mad at me the other day because I, I texted him and I said, uh, I said, happy birthday, sir. And he's like, you got to quit calling me sir. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's just, that's the Lano coming out. I was like, mm. I call everyone sir. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> like, seems howdy, ma'am. Yeah. Happy birthday, sir. Like, I don't know. That's just normal verbiage for me. But yeah. he was like, you got to quit calling me sir. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most certainly. <laughs> anyway, appreciate Craig White. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, Derry Max, and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up again this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your week four Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Santo defensive coordinator Nick Pike. The Wildcats snuffed out Rio Vista in their non-district finale, holding the Rattlers to just 123 yards of total offense and a 34-7 victory. Laredo LBJ defensive coordinator Luis Loriano. The Wolves defense swarmed Edinburgh Economides, allowing just 94 yards of total offense and forcing four turnovers in a 42-0 win, their first shutout in five years. Midlothian offense coordinator Mike Crumbaker. The Panthers exploded for 506 yards of total offense, paced by three touchdown receptions from Bryant Wesco in a 66-0 romp over Waco. And finally, Dripping Springs offensive coordinator Al Pena. Quarterback Austin Novosad and the Tigers attack put on a show in their first ever district game in 6A, rolling past Austin High 77 to nothing. So those are your week four. Darian Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Pickle, they're great plays. They're good plays, and they're great plays. And then... There's the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Make sure you present it by your friends at Body Armor. Make sure if you uh, see a play and you want it to be considered, you tag us in it. Hashtag DCTF Top 10. Without further, t- further ado, the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. We're in the first quarter. Wildcat straight snap to Barrow coming near side looking for a seam. He has it. Gets the edge up the sidelines. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown only to Martin. Speed. Barrow carries it. 30. And it's going to be kicking. Tori Goins kicks off deep down the left side. Ball's going to be taken about the 13. A little reverse. And that is. And that's a seam. He's at the 30. He's got a seam. 40. Got speed to the 40. Nobody there. 30, 20, 10. Touchdown, Tigers on the get-go. Wow. Asher. And motion is right. Makes the handoff. Got a man. Firing downfield. Caught. Makes a man miss. Running. Could have a touchdown here and does. Touchdown, Columbia. And 12, Quintex. 
heaving it down the field. It's going to be reeled inside the 40-yard line. Kyler Williams will take it to the house. Touchdown, Barbers Hill. High snap. Perez going deep. Landon Ross makes the catch. Still going. Landon Ross is going to score. Touchdown, Seven Lakes. Uh. Brisbane back, goes deep, got Miller down the middle, and just right his hand, touchdown Miller, as Brisbane threw a dart. Look at four man. Oh no, he scrambles up the middle of the field. No, he's trying to get to the right. Tries to float it again, number four. Bankhead. Bankhead pushes forward, balls out. It's might be picked up. We're trying to see. 10 from the 44, pitch to Gilliam, avoids a sack, steps up, fires middle, tipped and caught inside the 25-yard line by Anthony Portanova. Low snap, and it's picked off. I don't know what that was, but it's taken back and say goodbye. Touchdown, Pato. Taken back by Demarion Sanford. Quick screen out here to Goody. Goody breaks a tackle. Going down the sideline. Got a great block. Cuts it inside. First down and more. Goody into Porter territory. Breaks another tackle. Caleb Goody's going to take it all the way. 86-yard touchdown. There it is. Dave Campbell's Texan Life. Top 10 plays of the week. Presented by our friends at Body Armor. Appreciate them sponsoring that. Remember, if you've got a play, you want to, to be considered for the DCTF top, DCTF, DCTL. DCTL is always throwing me because I've been saying DCTF for 12 years. Got Dave you. Campbell's texting live top 10 plays of the week. There you go. Hashtag DCTF top 10. Anyway. All right, Pickle, one last thing to do. And that is to tell you about our coaches of the week. Dave Campbell's Texas football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with a coach of the week award each week, uh, each week, uh, each, co- uh, each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week four. This is the time of year where I get a, where I start forgetting what week it is. T- week four. Dave Campbell's text. Oh, well, yeah, and the graphic says week three. Coaches of the so week. So we're all confused. <laughs> in 6A, David Sines from Sybil Steel. Coach Sines' uh, uh, state-ranked Knights improved to 4-0 on the season by taking a six-hour one-way bus ride out to Midland to knock off a strong Midland Legacy squad, 35-28 in overtime. In 5A, Sean McDowell from Richmond Foster. After posting a 5-5 mark in 2021, McDowell's state-ranked Falcons are soaring once again, improving to 4-0 on the season with an emphatic 35-7 win over Angleton. In 4A, Seth Parr from Anna. In a state-ranked showdown and possibly the biggest ever played in Anna, Coach Parr's Coyotes rallied from a 17-6 deficit to take down perennial power Salina, 28-25. It's uh, Anna's first victory over Salina since 1972. In 3A, Don Waddle from Palmer. Facing state-ranked and unbeaten Rogers on Friday night, Coach Waddle's Bulldogs were unfazed by, uh, by being underdogs. In fact, Palmer embraced the challenge and earned a statement win, knocking off the Eagles 36-23. In 2A, Nick Williams from Booker. First-year coach Williams has the Kiowas believing again as they're off to an impressive 3-1 start after a 39-6 win over Memphis. Williams this offseason, a former offensive lineman, uh, moved former offensive lineman Hugo Avila to quarterback, and he delivered on Friday night with six touchdown passes. In 1A, Zach White from Cherokee. In a showdown of state-ranked squads on Thursday night, White's Indians held their nerve against a surging Bluffdale's team to earn a 84-44 road win, remaining unbeaten on the year. 
and the private school ranks, Bryce Frazier from Waco Eagle Christian. Frazier's Eagles took down the previously unbeaten Buckholz in a heart-stopping 72-71 thriller to move to 2-1 on the year, needing just three games to double last season's win total. So those are your Week 4 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thanks for what you do for players, schools, and communities. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, want to remind you, this Thursday, we're doing a thing. Let's throw up the graphics here. Our Dave Campbell's. Again. Oh, is it? The date. Oh, yeah. I'll you the one. Yeah, I'll put that in the system. Um, ignore the date. It's this Thursday, uh, September 22nd. Tom Ball Memorial versus Klein Kane. It's a game that is on Texan Live, and we will be doing a watch along with it. So you can watch the game and hear commentary from Joe Cooley. Uh, Mount Pleasant's head coach, 24-7's Mike Roach, myself, Mallory Hartley, and Ishmael Johnson. Um, anywhere that you're watching the show now, make sure to tune in. It'll yes, so it's uh, wherever you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, we will be, uh, you'll get to watch the game live uh, with us, and you'll have uh, a little commentary. Time. Think of it as like how the Manning cast ripped us off. Yes. Like uh, the Manning cast ripped us yeah, off. where's our money? This is our that. Manning cast, and Ishmael Johnson is our Eli Manning. <laughs> It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to the Hall of Famer Craig Way for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.